Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on today's show. We're going to talk about Trevor Keels. He got some feedback from the NBA Draft Combine. We teased this a little bit on yesterday's show. Some really good reporting from Brendan Marks of The Athletic. We'll discuss all of that. I've got a Duke Athletics update for you. We'll kind of jump around a couple of other quick hitters within the world of Duke Athletics. And finally, a brief Duke softball super regional conversation at the very end of the show. My name is JJ Jackson. I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Lockdown Blue Devils YouTube page to watch the show daily. Thank you for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen and your first watch every single day. Throughout the week, I've talked about this looming decision for Trevor Keels. He's got to make a decision by Wednesday, June 1st. So we're less than a week away from that. Throughout the week, I've talked with Josh Cox of Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I talked with Ryan Lohman, who runs at the Duke Nation Twitter account about this decision. Last week, Brendan Marks of The Athletic was on this very show, and yesterday he put out really good reporting about that upcoming NBA draft decision for Trevor Keels. At only 18 years old, Keels has declared for the NBA draft, but has left the option of returning to Duke as a possibility. So with that being said, taking a look at some of the reporting that we've gotten back, draft analysts have largely publicized Trevor Keels as a first-round selection lately. I took a look at some of the three most recent draft picks, or draft mock drafts, I should say, at the NBA level, and uh, let's run through some of those. CBS Sports, and I'll give the other Duke players in here as well. Looking at CBS Sports, Paula Bancaro at number three, A.J. Griffin at number seven, Mark Williams number 16, Trevor Keels number 29. CBS Sports only did a first-round mock draft, so you notice there, no Wendell Moore Jr. Yahoo Sports, Paula Bancaro number three, A.J. Griffin number nine, Mark Williams number 11, Wendell Moore Jr. number 24. Yahoo Sports in their first round do not have Trevor Keels. NBADraft.net did do an updated first and second round mock draft for 2022. Paulo Banquero, number three. AJ Griffin, number eight. Mark Williams, number 16. Wendell Moore Jr., number 35. And Trevor Keels, number 37. So Wendell and Trevor fall into the second round there in the NBADraft.net selection there. But there were a couple of notable quotes that we discussed on yesterday's podcast with Ryan Lohman. These quotes came from NBA sources, execs that were at the Combine uh, that were talking, and this reporting comes from Brendan Marks of The Athletic. Go and read his work there for yourself. But, quote, you just wish there was a duplication of the Kentucky game was something that we heard from NBA execs at the Combine. Of course, Keel scored 25 points on 10 of 18 shooting against the Wildcats in Duke's season opener, but kind of struggled as he only topped 20 points twice in the remaining 34 games he played. Trevor did, of course, miss three games in a midseason lower calf and leg injury 
that he had there. And then the other big quote from a source, 100% he should go back. An evaluator said he'll be a G League guy if he doesn't. Testing didn't do him any favors. Wow. That's uh, that's not the best review that you would want to hear about Trevor Keels. Again, Duke is losing their top four three-point shooters off of this year's roster right now as it stands. So if Keels were to come back, that would absolutely help. He'd walk into his starting job right away. We've had a lot of conversations about that backcourt for Duke. Some people really concerned about who's going to start opposite that two-guard spot alongside Jeremy Roach at that point guard position. Uh, another update this past or this morning, we saw that Adam Rowe uh, of the Devil's Den did change his crystal ball projection for AJ Green. He changed it from Duke back to Iowa State. So now there are no crystal ball projections for AJ Green, the Northern Iowa transfer to land with the Duke Blue Devils. Another big reason why Duke would benefit from Keels coming back. 31.2% shooting from three-point range again last season. The numbers you saw there, he had 25 points in that opening game against Kentucky on 10 of 18 shooting. And again, only twice did he score greater than 20 points in the remaining 34 games on the season. Keels measured in at six foot four, 223.8 pounds. That was the heaviest weight for his position when you're talking about Trevor Keels. He had the fourth highest body fat percentage of all players measured at the draft combine, regardless of position. Trevor Keels had the third worst vertical leap, and he finished with the third worst time in shuttle runs. Uh, seven footer Kofi Coburn and then six foot nine Gonzaga star Drew Timmy actually finished better than Trevor Keels in that shuttle run, which is just not something that you wanted to see. So in terms of improving his quickness, his speed, another year of tape at the college level could benefit Trevor Keels. And a lot of the reporting from uh, Brendan Mark's story with these NBA execs do feel like he's going to benefit. He could have a Wendell Moore Jr.-like effect. A lot of the scouts were in love with the fact that Wendell, at just 20 years old, did remain committed to the college basketball game, got better every year. His wingspan was amazing at the draft combine and tested really well in those departments we just talked about. And so for that reason, people do feel like Trevor Keels could benefit from coming back for another season. This year for Duke, he had five games where he made at least three three-pointers, but he also had seven games where he missed at least five three-point shots. So that consistency piece is very real. It's true. That's something that Keels needs to improve on. So it looks like a lot of people are starting to shift their opinion and definitely mark themselves down as, yes, I think the best basketball decision for Trevor Keels is to come back for another season. That's what Kyle Boone from CBS Sports did. He's got a good story up at cbssports.com about that. However, I am still in the camp that I do think Trevor Keels will remain committed to the NBA draft process. I do not think he's coming back for his sophomore season. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to take a look around Duke Athletics right here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mix box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. 
Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness, but just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or to eat a snack. Go check it all out right now at Built.com and get the brand new Built Granola Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into a Thursday edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. Today is May 26th, 2022. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of this program. Today we learned about the kickoff times for a couple of Duke football games. The first three games of the season and a November ACC matchup for the Duke Blue Devils. On Friday, September 2nd, the first game of the year for Duke. It'll be a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff at home against Temple. The game will air on the ACC Network. That is the first game of the Mike Elko coaching era for Duke. And we are now officially 99 days and counting away from Duke football. 99 days away from Friday, September 2nd. Saturday, September 10th, that is a 12 noon p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Duke's at Northwestern. That game will air on FS1. Duke, of course, beat Northwestern in Durham this past season, the return trip is the second game of the year for Duke. It's a noon Eastern kickoff. Saturday, September 17th, Duke is back at home. They take on North Carolina A&T. That game will start at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC Network Extra and ESPN+. And then the final game that was announced Friday, November 4th, Duke will play at Boston College at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. So four games with the kickoff times announced for Duke football, and again, we're now 99 days away from the season for the Blue Devils. In the baseball world for Duke, haven't given you an update this week, but unfortunately at the end of last week, the season came to a close for Duke. They were swept by Virginia Tech, which means that Duke didn't qualify for the ACC championship. Again, the ACC championship is what they call the tournament in ACC baseball. Duke finishes the regular season with a 22-32 and record. They were 10-20 and in ACC games. Duke did win the ACC championship last year, but the reigning champs do not repeat as their season came to a close this past weekend at Virginia Tech. Shortstop Alex Mooney was a highlight for the Duke baseball team this season. He was named to the ACC All-Freshman team. He started all 54 games for the Blue Devils, hit a team-high 292 batting average. He was tied for the team lead with Graham Polly. He scored 45 runs. That was good for the team lead. Had 10 doubles, three homers, one triple, 30 runs batted in, and had 12 stolen bases. Those 12 stolen bases were tied for the team lead with grad student Will Hoyle. So freshman shortstop Alex Mooney, a member of the ACC All-Freshman team, and he's going to be a good player for Duke coming back into the 2023 season. And hopefully the Duke baseball team can back into get back into NCAA postseason play. This week we learned that Jason Tatum with the Boston Celtics was a member of the All-NBA First Team. He is the first Duke basketball player to make an All-NBA First Team since Grant Hill back in 1997. The NBA has an All-NBA First Team, Second Team, and Third Team, five players for each team. 
and it's documented by physicians. So there are centers on each ballot. There was a lot of chaos this year with Joel Embiid not making first team because there was already a center on the list in Nikola Jokic. That's a discussion for another day with people wanting to change that narrative, given that it's a lot of positionless basketball these days. But Tatum was so good this season for the Boston Celtics, and it's awesome to see him recognized as an all-NBA first-team player. And again, nobody at Duke had done that since 1997 when Grant Hill did. Duke did have Elton Brand as a member of the all-NBA second team, and as recently as 2019, Kyrie Irving was a part of the all-NBA second team. Kyrie Irving has also had a couple of third-team selections. So big-time stuff for Tatum to be recognized by the league with that honor. Basketball, again, an update for you. 24-7 Sports updated the recruiting rankings for the class of 2023. Duke still has the number one recruiting class, but rankings have shifted. Mackenzie Baco is number six, committed to Duke. Sean Stewart, number nine. Tyrese Proctor, number 11. Caleb Foster, number 19. And Jared McCain, number 32. So Duke with five top 35 recruits, and they have the number one recruiting class in the country after the updated rankings. Again, the sixth best player, ninth, 11th, 19th, and 32nd, all heading to Durham. The class of 2023 will make up the second team in the head coach John Shire era of Duke men's basketball. Let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Duke softball team as they get set to jump into super regional action here this weekend, taking on UCLA. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen. For your next listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment here today on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. On tomorrow's show, Tara Henry from D1 Softball will be with me to go more in-depth about the Duke softball program. But what a fun story this is. What a fun season it's been. As tomorrow night, we will see Duke softball open up their NCAA Super Regional matchup with the UCLA Bruins. It is a best-of-three-game series in Los Angeles. For the first time ever, Duke made it to the Super Regionals. And it is so impressive that they made it to that stage. Marissa Young was hired to be the Duke softball coach Back in 2015, Duke didn't even have their first season of competition until 2018. So she was officially the coach for three seasons before Duke actually fielded a team. And now here they are, started playing in 2018, and all of a sudden are going to their first ever Super Regional. Duke is the 2021 ACC champions. This season, unfortunately, they fell short in the ACC tournament, but they did something they hadn't done before, and they won a regional as Duke won the Durham Regional versus UMBC, Liberty, and also Georgia. Duke softball had shut out victories versus UMBC and Liberty and then lost game six. That was the first game on Sunday against Georgia. Going into Sunday, Duke had to win just one game if Georgia wanted to win the regional, which they did in 2021, although it was played in Athens, Georgia, the Bulldogs would have to have won twice on Sunday against Duke. They got that first win. They won 5-3. to three. They took about a half-hour break, ran it all the way back, and Georgia got off to a good start. They had a 5-1 lead early, and then all of a sudden, Duke just turned it on. 
The Blue Devils had 12 unanswered runs, and they walked away with a 13-5 win in six innings over Georgia. And so there you go. For the first time ever, they're going to the Super Regionals. For the first time ever, Duke is going to play UCLA. They haven't had any non-conference matchups, haven't played in NCAA tournaments before. UCLA is about as historic as it gets in the world of collegiate softball. They've been to six straight Women's College World Series. They've won 13 national championships in their school's history, including the 2019 NCAA title. Duke is trying to become the third ACC program ever to reach the Women's College World Series. And uh, Duke this season, you look at their numbers offensively, statistically speaking, they lead the ACC in batting average slugging percentage, on-base percentage, home runs per game, and scoring per game. Duke averages over seven runs scoring per contest. So all of those lead the ACC. In all of those categories, Duke is also top 10 nationally. Jamison Cable is the big bat in the lineup for Duke. 17 home runs on the season, 65 hits. Her 65 hits this season are tied for the Duke single-season record. She tied Deja Davis, who's a teammate, who set the record last year in 2021. So all Cable has to do this weekend against UCLA is get one hit, and she's the all-time leader in single-season hits for the Duke softball program. So I think she's going to be able to get that record. I think Duke is going to fare well against UCLA. It's going to be incredibly tough, and nobody is picking Duke to win. And I think in that scenario, I think it's almost better for Duke to not necessarily feel that pressure. You're not supposed to be in a setting like this. UCLA is one of the top teams in the entire country, one of the top programs ever. And so while it feels like they've got the opportunity to win the Super Regional, I like Duke. I think Duke has a chance to get it done. And we're going to have way more in-depth of a preview coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Blue Devils when Tara Henry joins the show. We'll talk a little bit more about how impressive it is, the rise for Marissa Young to get the program to this level. So really fun edition of Lockdown Blue Devils today. I know we were kind of all over the place, but at the start, thought it was really important to break down the feedback that Trevor Keels received as he went off to the NBA Draft Combine, talked a little bit about the kickoff times being announced for Duke football. Tatum, how about our boy Jason Tatum, first team All-NBA, and an updated look at the 2023 recruiting rankings for Duke men's basketball. You can connect with me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each day. Make sure you check out the Locked On ACC podcast with Candace Cooper. Also, I joined the Locked On Hornets podcast today with Walker Mel and Doug Branson. I talk about Mark Williams and his fit in Charlotte with the Hornets. Check that out. It's another one of our locked-on NBA shows, a locked-on North Carolina show with the Charlotte Hornets, so make sure you check it out. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.